Views expressed by the host or guests are independent and their own. No endorsements are implied. What's up, everyone? We are hanging out together today to collab on de-escalation. I'm here with my good friend and another CX pro, Orlando, and he has found his own unique approach to calming down even the most upset and volatile support contacts. And I can't wait to hear more about how we can also use this magic to de-intensify a high-stress situation. These are the stories of real people helping real people. Bringing you the latest, new, and fresh ways to provide world-class service. And just whatever we feel like talking about that could make the world a better place. So everyone, I'm here with Orlando. Orlando, if you would, just tell the audience a little bit more about yourself and uh, kind of about your background and what led you to become so invested in the topic of de-escalation. Sure, absolutely. Um, Well, hello, my name is Orlando, and I'm a national native. Um, A little bit about me, I went to Middle Tennessee State University, studied music education and music industry for a while, Um, and then I ventured off a little bit. My career shifted to customer service, and ever since then, uh, this is where I've been, and this is where I've enjoyed my time. Um, And just to give you a little bit of back info, like, I started off as an associate, um, and then I slowly worked my way up to a senior associate position where I would handle escalated calls. Um, or any really any kind of escalation. Um, and that's where I figured out, okay, this is coming pretty natural to me. This is not yeah. bad. Wow, okay. And it feels good to be able to help someone, um, you know, not only with whatever issue they may have, let's say, per se, with their account or with their money, but mm-hmm. it, it's nice to be able to have that conversation with that person, a heart-to-heart felt conversation. Yeah. And to be able to take them from a 10, you know, down to 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I love that. Um, I'm all about that. You know, it's that it's that comfort of a real person helping another real person when they're in a bad situation or, or a problem mm-hmm. um, that they need to have solved and someone that can actually understand them and uh, find common ground with them. So, um, also Orlando is a barista and has, um, prepared some lovely espresso lattes, um, that we are enjoying. So we're going to have lots of caffeine for the conversation this time. So I'm excited about that. Um, thank you so much for sharing, sharing the coffee with me. And, uh, so we'll just dive right in and, um, start talking a little bit about de-escalation. So what is considered to be for people that may not know what is considered to be an escalated customer and what are the signs and symptoms of someone that comes into contact with customer support and they have uh the need for de-escalation i guess yeah um so i mean escalated customers um there are some obvious signs you know like you can sense if someone is escalating on you based on the tone of their voice, their uh-huh. intonation, how the kind of words that they use and how they approach the conversation with you. Um, you know, just like you can tell with, let's say, a close family member, if they're upset and they're angry at you, you can yeah. kind of tell when they're frustrated, right? Yep. Um, sure so can. Si- similarly, you know, you can tell when a customer is frustrated uh, by paying attention to their tone. Uh, tone is a really big one. You're going to hear me talk about tone and intonation, which can are can sometimes be interchangeable. Really listening to their issue, I would say, mm-hmm. you know, is probably a big one because that's why they're calling you. They're calling you because they're upset about something. Yeah. And so what they're going to be looking from you is uh, for a resolution. 
For sure, because typically customers aren't calling us because they want to tell us about how great everything is. Right. Typically, they're wanting to call us and tell us about how something doesn't work, it's broke, and they want you to fix it, or they want their money back, they want a refund. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious, though, can you kind of give us a sense for what it's like to be a customer service agent in that seat with the, with the microphone or uh, the email in front of you? What does it feel like when that customer is expressing all of that frustration and you're in the hot seat, I guess you want to call it? Yeah. I mean, I mean some key words that come to mind are, I mean, sometimes I'll be honest with you, like, I, I do feel nervous sometimes. Yeah. Um, you never know what to expect. And that's the thing about the uh, escalations and just trying to de-escalate someone. You kind of have to expect the unexpected. With yeah. Them. Um, but it, it I, I do feel some nervousness um, every now and then, and but at the same time, I feel optimistic because I'm about to help someone out, and there's potential for changing their day. Yeah, you know? yeah. So like you see all of these stories on the news, um, and you you've probably seen them, I know, and I'm sure that the the audience has seen them. You know about bad customer service experiences and. Mm-hmm. You know, do you think it's normal for an agent to be in a situation like that, maybe where a customer is cursing or frustrated and just kind of just venting, where um, there's an inclination for the agent to want to mirror that back to the customer? Um, because I, I know for sure I've seen like on the news where, you know, that's happened, where people have called into customer service, they've been mad and frustrated and they're cursing, and then the agent yeah. just kind of reflects that right back on the customer mm-hmm. i i mean yeah, i've heard stories of you know things happening like that and then it, it's unfortunate um uh, because you also think about like okay what must have been happening with um with the associate um because i feel like usually whenever you get to that point you're probably frustrated really frustrated um yeah probably burnt out i don't know yeah. Um, maybe. And I, I don't know what else is going outside of your day, but there's a lot of things that can impact us before we go into work. And it's hard to separate uh, your personal life from your work life. Yeah. Every now and then, I mean, it'll bleed, especially in de-escalation. Yeah. I mean, you'll you'll get customers that will really pull some strings out of you and yeah. you'll be tempted to want to fight back. Um but you, you got to remember, you know, that's not the goal. And the goal is to try to get the customer from a 10 to at least, let's say, a 6 or a 5, right? Yeah, to that point of cooperation, right? right. Yeah, so definitely. So you, you made an interesting point there about how, how the agent feels um, at work that day or maybe how they feel about what's going on in their personal life, about how that bleeds into the customer experience sometimes. So is there anything that you would recommend that a CX agent or anyone who's on the front line, is there anything you would recommend for them to do before they go into work or like anything that would help them prepare for that? Yeah. Um, So I had a little, I guess you can say a little ritual that I do before I start any shift. Yeah. Just to make sure I'm in the right uh, headspace. Okay. Um, And it's honestly it'll sound very obvious but i i really like to do some deep breathing exercises on my own um meditate if i can you know just to try to get to myself in a better headspace especially if i've had a long stressful day and i think that you know i i just need to take a break for myself yeah um and give myself some time to allow myself to just feel whatever i'm feeling and get that out 
Do you, did you ever feel that when you were on the front line, like um, after you'd taken a call? Like, did you ever feel like you needed to just walk away from your console for a minute and take a break? Absolutely. I, I think anyone who has worked on de-escalations um, has at one point felt so frustrated that they've had to walk away from their desk yeah. because maybe they just weren't able to corro- uh, cooperate with the, with the customer or, yeah. um, you know, just weren't able to really bring them down as much as they wanted to. But, um, I mean, we've all had our experiences like that when you work in that, in this kind of field. And yeah, I know I have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I definitely know I have. So um, I think that's, you know, important because us as CX leaders, right, that's kind of where we come in and we need to have an understanding of this for our employees and, mm-hmm. that are on the front line um, and not forget that because, you know, the, the more distant you become from the actual customer, um, maybe you'll kind of forget, but when you have those calls, it really does activate your fight or flight response. And, you know, you're sitting in a chair and you're confined to this chair and, um, you know, you need that space sometimes to, and to say, Hey, look, I need to step away for a moment or like, I need to take a walk and that needs to be okay. And I feel like sometimes in contact centers, that's kind of viewed as a weakness because we're trying to meet these productivity numbers sometimes, but, um, in reality, it's just so important that we keep our employees in a really good headspace, right? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, that's a really great point because um, it brings up the topic of mental health. Yeah. Like, what are companies doing to make sure that they are taking care of their employees? Um, you know, not only with uh, just, you know, going to, uh, well, with regular insurance and whatnot, mm-hmm. but also making sure that they are mentally okay, healthy. Yeah. Um, because it's hard. I mean, yeah. de-escalations, it's not easy. Sometimes it can be draining. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Like yeah. I've had days where I'm like, wow, like it's been a long, long day. Yeah. I'm so exhausted. Yeah. Um, because it can take a toll on you. And so you have to find ways to be able to recover from, um, when you have these feelings of, wow, I just feel exhausted. You know, you, yeah. You, yeah. I mean, you just have to find ways and I, uh, I feel like more companies do have to realize this and they have to, you know, make sure that they ha- at least have something for their employees for to make sure that they're mentally okay. How do CX leaders best equip their front line to be good de-escalators? What do you think goes into that equation of getting the front line ready to de-escalate calls or email interactions, chat interactions? Yeah, um, I think there's a lot of things that you can do. Um, the first thing that comes to mind though for me is listening to other people's calls. Show your associates what uh, you consider a good call sounds mm-hmm. like. Um, and even show them, I mean, I, you can even show them, you know, what technically a bad call can sound like. Right. Um, so that way they know what things to avoid and maybe what things will just cause another escalation. Uh, because something about the escalation is you have to kind of be careful about what you say and you have to be conscious of what you say. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because if you say something that perhaps doesn't come across well to the customer, uh, that can potentially escalate the matter even more. Yeah. Have so, you ever done that? Have you ever said something that didn't come across very well to a customer and escalated things more? Oof. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I have. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, I'm not proud of it. Um, but it but happens. It happens, yeah. Like Especially if you're new and you don't really mm-hmm. know yet, right? Like, if you're not used to, like, talking to upset people all day long. Yeah, I mean, when I first started out, um, there were uh, there were definitely times where I, 
I felt myself pushed back on the customer, but I, those were the times where I, I learned, okay, this is what I should not do right. because they just made the problem even worse. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've all been there. Um, right. it's all about how many times you can recover and you know, if, if you mess up, try to recover, uh, from the situation, try to turn a conversation around, redirect it. Yeah. Um, totally. Yeah. What other things would you recommend, um, that CX leaders do to best equip their front line for de-escalations? Um, something that I allow my agents to do is I allow them to vent to me. Uh-huh. When we used to be on calls, I would tell them, you know, if you ever feel like after a call, you just, it just drained you, yeah. you're frustrated, you just need to vent. Right. I would always tell them, like, hey, I'm here. Um, let's talk or you can vent out to me even if it's just me sitting in a Google Meet and them just going off on you know how they feel about the situation yeah that's totally fine I, I think as CX leaders we need to listen to our people more and mm-hmm. uh, even if that just means you know just being there for them to listen to yeah listen what they have to say I agree and you know that that really kind of made me think of something you know when a CX agent is in the office, they have all of their friends typically around, you know, they can vent to a, a wide number of people privately, you know, that they know in the office perhaps, mm-hmm. but virtually, um, not everyone may have the, the same structure available in their household to support them. So I like what you said about getting on Google meets with them or doing some type of a video conference or something with them and giving them the opportunity to vent when they need it because they may not have that virtually. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that's really, that's really an awesome call out. Yeah. And you also, you know, going back to what we were talking about, um, when it comes to associates and sometimes this stuff can build up within them. Yeah. Um, I think allowing them to vent to you is a really good way because it prevents that. It prevents stuff from building in, in inside, you know, emotions, mm-hmm. em- emotional turbulence coming. Um, and so I, it's great to just have someone that you can go to who you trust and you can just vent to them. Yeah. Um, and again, you don't necessarily have, give them any some some sort of advice if if that's not what they're looking for. But um, just being there and listening for them. I, I can't stress it enough. Like having someone who you can trust and go to and vent to is great. Yeah. Because what ends up happening, I think, if you don't provide that is then the next call that they get afterwards may suffer because of Mm -hmm. the call that stressed them out. So I think it's really important to create that safe space with your team. People do things differently when they're mad or angry, right? Yeah, they sound differently. Um, Just like when someone is happy or excited, uh, like I am right now, uh, I I tend to talk really fast whenever I'm excited. Right. Um, Or whenever I am anxious, I will lower my voice and just come into myself. And it's a different mood. Yeah, it's kind of like when my mom would call my name and I would go in there and see what she wanted or when she would call my name and use my full name and include my middle name. I knew I was in trouble. I'd done done something wrong. (laughs) I could tell (laughs) right away. So, yeah, it kind of reminds me of that. AJ! Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, you just, you knew in the way that she would yell Mm -hmm. at you and you're like, oh, my gosh, like, I, I know she's mad. I done done something. Yeah, so... All right. As we do every episode of AG Impact, we're going to make a donation to an online charity. I think it's really important that we 
always give back to the community. Whenever we're recording podcasts mm-hmm. and we're, we're putting out these good vibes, we need to make sure that we put something good back out into the universe. So uh, we're going to be making an online donation to the charity that Orlando has chosen. And Orlando, would you tell us a little bit about the charity? Sure. Um, so the name of the charity is actually called uh, NAFME, which is the National Association for Music Education. Okay. And the reason why I chose this uh, organization is because music education is something that is near and dear to my heart, even though I'm not in it right now. I do have yeah. a lot of friends who do it. And That's um, awesome. some of the most impactful, important, and just very influential people in my life have honestly been my music teachers. That's wonderful. Um, so I, I'm, th- I'm very thankful and I'm grateful for them. And so I... I really appreciate everything that music education has taught me. And I appreciate music teachers out there uh, for everything that they're doing for their students. That is awesome, Orlando. Well, we've made our $15 donation to the National Association for Music Education today. Thank you so much for joining us, Orlando. This has been real. Um, We've talked a lot about de-escalation and how we kind of calm customers down. All right, everyone. So we're going to try Never Have I Ever, the podcast edition, uh, once again. <laughs> so Orlando, um, we'll find out who has and who has not. All right. So the first one is Never Have I Ever Had a Near-Death Experience. Ooh, I've had many when I was starting to learn how to drive. Yeah. Um, I wasn't the best driver. <laughs> uh, not at all. So don't ride with you, basically. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm good now. I'm somewhat okay now. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so, yeah, I don't think... Have I had a near-death... Yeah, I've had some car wrecks. So, yeah, I guess that would yeah. count. Yeah, for sure. The next one is... Um, this one's kind of embarrassing for me. Never have I ever changed a flat tire. I feel so ashamed, but I've never... Don't feel ashamed because yeah. I never have either. I've never had. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I would have to, like, watch a YouTube video or something to, like, get instructions, I think. I, I would, too. Um, I, I've, I'm also the kind of person that is very, like... I'd like to make sure that my car is always maintained well. Never have I ever cooked a holiday dinner. I've never cooked a holiday dinner. I no. haven't either. No. Mm-mm. I eat holiday dinner. I, I love Thanksgiving food. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know about you, but um, in, m- in my culture, we make tamales. Ah. Usually towards winter, the winter time. And so um, it's usually all the women in in our families that get together and they'll go to someone's house. They'll start preparing the food. So Yeah. Um, yeah, like... I've never been invited. <laughs> but That I, sounds freaking awesome. It's so good. Once we actually do get together, once they, uh, the food is done and we feast, it's, it's amazing. It's great. All right. Well, that's never have I ever. And that was a lot of fun. I learned a lot about you. <laughs> um, cool. All right. Well, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of AG Impact. Everyone have a great rest of your day. Bye.